Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Donald Trump shocks the world and runs for president? Never go full Enron and down with the matriarchy? Pat, that means only one thing and one thing only with those crazy things. It means it's a WTF Wednesday in this program. Am I right? I mean, it is Wednesday. Yeah, so it is a WTF Wednesday here on Critical Thinking. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Rumble channel. And thank you so much for all of you who download, rate, review, and love on this program. Uh, We appreciate it. It's how we can grow. We are growing slowly but surely, and we would love to grow faster. So we have given you a challenge in this holiday season as you go to your friends' givings, whether that's this weekend or maybe you're going to a friend's house for Thanksgiving um, or whatever's going on. Tell one person about this program. Make them. Force them to open their phone and, and subscribe to this podcast or subscribe to the Rumble channel. Um, we have a lot to get into on today's program, so you know the drill by now. I'm at the Coppin Show. He is Pat Oni. He is at the Pat Oni Show. Um, Pat, whatever shall we talk about today? I mean, it's not like somebody announced their their candidacy for the presidency of the United States of America, and the world is shocked and aghast. Uh, uh yeah, I, al- I. Alternatively, Pat, um, no. hear me out on this. Okay. We all saw this coming. Donald Trump is pretty much dead to me, and MAGA is dead to me. So I could, I sh- why should I care about this? You, you just hate America, Andrew. No, no, I actually love this country very deeply. Well, well, then, well, then you should, you should vote for Donald Trump in twenty twenty four. I should do no such thing. 
Why not? Log um, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But 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 Andrew, he had the greatest presidency of all time, except for COVID. But but Andrew, the economy, COVID. But Andrew drove it into a ditch, lit it on fire, and then decided to take a pee on the other side of the highway. But but foreign policy. He brought North Korea to the table. There was peace that brokered in the Middle East. He's the most pro-life president we've ever had. Planned Parenthood is still being funded by the federal government, correct? Andrew, you, you can't win every fight, you know. I mean, he also let's let me be clear about this. Defunding Planned Parenthood is the bare minimum the federal government can do to be pro-life. It but, is the but, bare but, minimum. Also, let me be abundantly clear on this, Pat. Planned Parenthood is an abomination. It provides less than 1% of all their services. Abortion is their lifeblood. But, but Andrew, he, he, he's wanting to build a border wall. The last election was stolen from him. I will cede you the last point only because, as we have talked about on this show, about a thousand bleeping times, you allowed for mail-out voting, you allowed for ballot harvesting, you sat on your ass and did nothing about all of the ways they set this legally up. I'm going to say this for one last time. Donald Trump did it to himself. As one of my friends in his band back home would say, you brought it on yourself. The hit but Annex Andrew, song, by the way. But Andrew, we, we have a president right now who who can't lead. We need someone that can really lead us. And, and Donald Trump's the only one that can do it. Hang on one second. Huh? Go to hell. <laughs> you sarcastic son of a beach. Yes, Donald Trump announced his candidacy in what was just a stately speech yesterday. Did you, by the way, did you watch any of it? No, I, I didn't want you, you. You know why I didn't watch the speech? Because we saw this coming for over two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and. Secondly, I don't care. The dude lost my until he can he can show me a pivot point on COVID and and have somewhat of a reckoning and, and a learning um moment about what he did and how he screwed everything up with COVID and seated his presidency. Uh you've lost my vote, bro. Yeah, it's not just that for me. It's the I, I love the I love the MAGA forevers that bring up the Trump economy, right? As if it was Donald Trump's economy. I, we have a hard and fast rule here on critical thinking when it comes to 
political blame for or political um, credit for good or bad, right? When it comes to the economy. If your policy decisions help, okay, you deserve some credit. If your policy decisions hurt, you deserve some of the blame. But by and large, the economy is the economy. And if the government has that much sway, if the president of the United States of America has that much sway on the economy, we are all doing it wrong. We are all living in an oligarchy. I suggest we are actually just living in a fascist state today. And speaking of that, Pat, we're going to talk about FTX. Um, Major League Baseball's official trade, uh, cryptocurrency trading partner, by the way. Um, I, I mentioned never go full Enron. You, you would think that Major League Baseball would, I don't know, learn its lesson from Enron, but they didn't. We'll talk about that later on in the WTF segment. Um, but I, I, the hard and fast rule here is the president of the United States can do little, very little to affect the overall economy. Again, the only two things that can put us into a recession or pull us out of a recession is monetary policy and government spending. Those are the only two things in which they have any sort of responsibility, correct? Uh, yeah, pretty much. As I look at Donald Trump's presidency, he spent like a blank. Mad lib it, Pat. Uh, he spent like no one was watching. Because nobody apparently was watching. And then we decided to have a terrible Federal Reserve policy of what? Artificially keeping the interest rates low. At zero. Going negative at times, by the way. And then, as we did that, we pumped trillions of brand new dollars into the economy. What the hell do you think was going to happen there? Terrible policy. Now, but 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 Andrew, are are you are you seriously suggesting right now that Donald Trump is in part responsible for the inflation problems that we see today? Yes, yes, I am daring to say that because okay. it's <clears throat> wait for this true <laughs> truth bomb. Um, it is a hundred percent true. Now the other part of the equation here, um. As we talked about the border wall, Pat, I want to bring this up before I forget to do it, because I know I'll forget by the end of the show. Yesterday, Title 42 ended. And the right went batshit crazy. This is what I don't understand. The utter insanity and the utter hypocrisy of the right on this. It turns out, Pat, that many in the conservative movement, sorry to brand you with that, Thank but you. us libertarians are looking at this from this perspective. If I am to believe that the public health emergency and the pandemic are over, which the president of the United States of America, Joseph Marionette Biden, has told us on at least one, if not two occasions over the last year, that the, the pandemic is over. 
If that's the case, Title 42 shouldn't be part of the equation. Because Title 42 is predicated upon the use of public health emergency powers. Correct? Uh, that's how I understood it. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong. We don't have a public health emergency on our hands anymore. What you are attempting to do is use the levers of government the same way that Joseph Marionette Biden has attempted to use the levers of government to force you to jab up to have a job, to uh, be able to, by fiat, decide that we're going to have mass um, student loan debt forgiveness, right? You hate all. You hate both of those ideas, right? Why? Because government is flimsily using and illegally attempting to use powers they were never meant to be able to use in that direction. But in this case, because the flimsy use of public health emergency for Title 42 works in the direction of of mitigating illegal immigration in this country. You love it? Right is right, wrong is wrong, Pat. Am I am I wrong there? Uh I don't think so. By the way, uh just because I'm a conservative, how many how many how many issues do I disagree with the uh right over? Oh, I I I understand that, but yeah. I I'm just making sure that people understand that this is utter hypocrisy of the right. Oh, it is. I it's agree. It's 100% hypocritical. Oh, government can't misuse its powers, and, and the public health emergency is over, blah, 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 blah. Now, we, we do know that <clears throat> in the attempt to get Title 42 to stay, they have now extended the "quote unquote" public health emergency all the way through March of next year, which is absolutely utterly insane. It's insanity, <clears throat> and there's I hope no to God somebody is challenging that in court. Prove that there's a public health emergency. <clears throat> if we have "quote unquote" all the mitigation tactics, all the things that we know about it, <clears throat> what, where's the emergency? Oh, you just want more power. That's what it is. Hmm. Huh. Interessante. Uh, uh, uh. As the Dosa Keys man would say. <clears throat> now, I mentioned at the top of the program about Donald Trump. I Look, here's, here's where we're going to go with this. I could care less about talking about his candidacy, especially until we know if somebody else is going to run against him. That's number one. Number two... Does he deserve any more oxygen or care than mentioning it? No. No. Because, again, what was the theory that I postulated yesterday? That MAGA is dead. That the Make, make America Great Again has no power. It has none. Across this country, time and time again, yes, there are some of the ideas of the MAGA movement, right, that have right. stuck. But by and large... At every turn over the course of the last three election cycles, the American people have said, oh, hell no. 
And at some point in time, you got to hang some W's. And we're talking about winning elections. Now, it looks likely that the Republicans will take the House. In fact, that's the report that came out late yesterday, right. is that they're, they're now believed to be able to hold the power. But the question is, how big? They might have one, two, three, four at best, maybe three at best seat advantage. Is that really an advantage? No, no. The only way in which that can become an advantage, Pat, would be if what happens? uh, If some Democrats start moving to the other side and Ah. and voting the other way. It is what our friend Chip Roy, former guest on this program, Ah. noted. Who used the power of the purse? It is using the only thing that matters is their ability to use the power of the purse and their investigative abilities. Okay. Those, if we see them use power correctly, it's not about their legislative ability. It will be about their ability to whip up their their caucus for big potential votes that will come down the pipeline in the next year and a half. But their biggest win has to come by figuring out how to use the power of the purse and their investigative abilities. This is essential when we look at Christopher Ray going before the Senate yesterday and doing what, Pat? Refusing to answer any questions about January 6th and the FBI involvement in it. Because we all know that there were FBI informants heavily involved. What Were they actually FBI or FBI informants. We can't get basic answers. So it is time to make this front and center. It is time to use this correctly. Take the lessons of the January 6th select committee and blow that up, number one. And then number two, it is your turn to create a narrative. Let's see what you can do with that power. But speaking of power, Pat, I also mentioned, um, and this one hits a little hard for me, um, this story, Uh, but at the University of Virginia on Monday night, there was, or on Sunday night, excuse me, there was a a mass shooting in which an um, ex-Virginia Cavalier football player shot up a school bus or a bus returning from a um, a field trip, if you will, from a class um, at UVA from Washington, D.C. And it hits home for me because I n- know of, I don't know, know one of the victims. Okay, And his name is Devin Chandler. He was a former Wisconsin Badger uh, wide receiver. And I had the occasion to interview him a couple of times um, as he was being recruited and joining the Badgers. So I know of him, right? I don't know right. know him because I wasn't around the program at that time as much as I was in prior years. Having said all of that, though, Jason Whitlock of The Blaze has an interesting take because he points out that the University of Virginia uh, shooting foreshadows America's matriarchal future. And I thought, what, at first, right? Huh? Because here we are with the bodies, you know, still not cold. Right. Of Laval Davis Jr., Devin Chandler, Chandler, excuse me, 
and Deshaun Perry. And he pointed out this. They're not going to receive, receive the George Floyd treatment, right? We're not going to see multiple funerals. We're not going to see um, television cameras, helicopters, drones, processions, people all over this country protesting, going out and, and taking actions, right? We're not going to see that. Do their Black Lives Matter? We've talked about this when we talk about the other individuals, but Jason Whitlock goes on to point out they're victims, not heroes or martyrs. There's a difference between those three, right? Their murders don't right. advance a political agenda or a racial narrative. They're going to be statistics added to a familiar body count. Another trio of black boys murdered senselessly. And he's right. This was a senseless crime. And we still don't know the motivation, by the way, even though the, the killer is in, and we don't talk about the killer's names in these cases, uh, is in custody. I, I haven't seen anybody come out and tell us the motivation for any of this. Have you? No. Hmm. But he points this out. <clears throat> According to the CDC, the fifth leading cause of death for black males is homicide. The fifth leading cause of death. Murder doesn't even crack the top 10 for white or Asian males, and it's ranked number nine for Hispanic men. Murder is a rite of passage for young black men. We've normalized it to the point that it's celebrated in music. The only time that we care is during the rare occurrence when a white man kills one of us while trying to exercise authority over our quote-unquote black bodies. <clears throat> you know all of this. The hypocrisy is pointed out every time a body drops in Chicago or Baltimore or New York City. So it's no surprise that the killer's name disappeared from the headlines as soon as media outlets learned he looked nothing like Derek Chauvin. Okay, so here we go with this concept of it doesn't fit the political narrative, right? That's kind of where he's going. But <clears throat> the killer killed Davis Chandler and Perry. The killer's name will be as forgettable as his victims by the end of that day. And he's right on that. Today, other than us, are you going to hear anybody talking about this on the, in the media? No. Probably not. Because it doesn't serve the agenda outside of the gun control agenda. And it turns out that, hmm, that that agenda isn't really served by this either because it wasn't an assault rifle that did this. But no one I, wants I, to I, talk I... about Davis, Chandler, or Perry. No one wants to discuss the implications of this tragedy. Go ahead, Pat. I, I was going to say, I, I'm confused. Though. What does this have to do with becoming a matriarchal society? Hmm. Well, he continues saying that ESPN and Fox Sports have spent more time dissecting the ramifications of a Duke volleyball player allegedly, and now, now f formally found out to be completely hoax, being racially harassed at BYU. They're going to spend more time on that then the death of three Division I football players. South Carolina women's basketball coach Don Staley canceled a game at BYU over quote-unquote safety concerns. I wonder how Staley would feel about playing at Virginia. Black-on-black -black violence is so acceptable now that we no longer even debate causes and cures. Or perhaps we refuse to discuss it because the culture disagrees with the cure. What is the cure? And what is the cause? This is where he comes in with the matriarchal future. The destruction of the nuclear family is at the root of the violence that is plaguing black people. 
We should be talking about that today and virtually every day. The destruction of the family is at the root of nearly every problem that is plaguing America. And we have talked about this from the I a hundred thousand percent agree with this. When I take a look at this idea, the concept of we have to raise our children in the as a community, right? In, in Black Matters uh, BLM Inc., right? Black Matter uh, Lives Matter Inc. That was one of their points in the manifesto. But if you if you embed into and understand and look at lots of black community here in Chicago, you already see that. Why? Because mom is working two jobs. Dad is never to be in the picture. Dad is either in jail, um, slinging dope, addicted to dope, um, or just shirking his his patriarchal duty, right? And I'm not saying that's everybody. I am saying it's much more frequent than ever before. But he points out this. You want to know why the midterms election, uh, why the midterm elections did not reflect a repudiation of Joe Biden and the Democratic Party? Because Democrats realize American citizens want a society and system geared to serve irresponsible individuals rather than intact families. And that's exactly true. We talked about that with the 70-30, right? The single woman vote going 70-30 and their motivation being abortion. In the urban areas of America, that's absolutely true. Out of fear of being labeled racist or misogynistic, the media have failed to explain the full ramifications of a matriarchal society. <clears throat> Do you agree with that? That we live in a matriarchal society today? Initially, like when you when you brought this story up, I I had my skepticism over it. But as I sit here and I think more about it, you know, look at all the beta males that are in, in society right now that and, and look at how badly um, masculinity has been bastardized in our current society in the, over the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is it, it's hard to find good men that are willing to use their masculinity to really lead this country to really step up and be dads in the home to be husbands mm -hmm. to be faithful husbands for that matter um no i i'm not surprised by this the more i think about it yeah and he points uh, out a really good uh concept here pat he talks about a female world operating like the south side of chicago Again, we're talking about Jason Whitlock, yeah. and sometimes I yeah. don't agree with him, by the way, but I think he makes me think, <clears throat> and he really made me think on this, but he said that a female-led world operates like the South Side of Chicago and manufactures emotional men with little impulse control and emotional women with little sexual discipline. Homicide by gun or abortion runs rampant. He points out that the killer is yet another example of this phenomenon. His father divorced his mom when Jones was five years old. The killer never engaged with his father again until he was a teenager. Eventually, according to a 2018 feature story in the Richmond Times-Dispatch, because this was also another player um, or another, well, a former member of the, the UVA football program, okay, that ended up committing this murder. But uh, according to a 2018 feature story in the Richmond Times-Dispatch, the killer went to live with his grandmother, Mary. His aunt, Sandra, was his most important influence. 
According to the same story, his father's abandonment of him left him angry, solemn, and quick to fight. A good student, the killer's temper provoked numerous school suspensions. He walked on the Virginia football team and lasted a season before giving up. And this is the this is the key part of this. And he puts this together well. Families are meant to be led by men. Yeah, I agree. Nearly 75% of black children grow up in single-parent homes. Now, I want to be abundantly clear. I am not saying that females can't lead, that females can't be great examples, that females cannot be strong. That's not what I'm saying, and I don't think that's what Jason Whitlock is saying. But the nuclear family matters because statistically speaking, your chances of success in life coming out of a nuclear family are 15 times greater than if you come out of a broken home. And by the way, if they come out with a broken home with dad out of the picture, dad nowhere near, dad is not an influence in the life of that child, especially that child being a boy, it's over 80 times more likely to end in violence, to end in death, than somebody who just simply grows up with mom and dad in the freaking picture. And the leadership of men is taking responsibility. That is the ultimate leadership, taking accountability, showing that every day by showing up for your children, by going to work, by working hard, by providing, by giving lessons, by all the things that cannot ever emotionally, physically be filled by a female. The whole person is better off in a nuclear family. But think about this. Nearly 75% of black children grow up in single-parent homes. The chaos created by this dysfunction shows up in academic performance, drug usage, incarceration rates, teenage pregnancy rates, homicide rates. Corporate media promotes bogus research that argues black fathers outside of the, the home spend more time with their kids than their families inside of the home. He points this out. Female warriors in Dahomey, Africa, slay white colonizers and end the slave trade in The Woman King. The new Black Panther movie tells the story of Wakanda's bald-headed lesbians partnering with the Black Panther's sister and an American teenage girl, MC Light, wait, but it's MC Light, by the way, to fight off a Mexican swimming team. The same people who love to see heavyset 51-year-old Queen Latifah jump off of balconies and beat up men in The Equalizer are flocking to see Wakanda forever. This is the American future China is, playing is paying Hollywood to promote. The Chinese Communist Party wants all of America to embrace the matriarchy and Wakanda. The CCP campaigns for a Lori Lightfoot or an emasculated secular man to run every major city. China loves the American matriarchy. China smiles every time that a fatherless American child turns murderous. Every time an American woman runs to Planned Parenthood after a one-night stand. Every time American men choose diversity, inclusion, and equity over the meritocracy. Corporate media won't talk about the killer because the puppet masters know where the conversation will eventually lead. The price tag for the disruption of the nuclear family is going to cost all of us the American freedom that we've taken for granted. 
Black people in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Baltimore, Philly, and Indianapolis have been paying that price for decades. They go through metal detectors before entering nightclubs. They have bars on their home windows. They pray for their kids that they don't get in a dispute with a fatherless child. They're prisoners of the fear created by the destruction of the family. And if the destruction of the family happens, that's when matriarchy becomes a thing. That's my point on this. I don't disagree with this at all. Um, he might use language that I wouldn't use when it comes to how I would talk about this issue. But is he wrong? No. If we oh, look at the destruction I, of the family, now this isn't always the answer. Sometimes these people are just batshit crazy, and that's the answer to these to these situations. But mom and dad being in the home and being able to recognize and get the help this person might need, yeah, I, I've seen it with my own two eyes. I mean, as as someone that comes from a broken family, I mean, my parents divorced when I was eleven. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, it's not to say that to your point earlier, it's not to say that women can't lead um, because my mom certainly did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my, but not having my dad in the picture would have been far worse. Yeah. Far and that's worse. My there, point, there are right? things like, that my dad could do that. My mom could not. There were things that my mom could do that. My dad could not. You need both. Mm-hmm. And when you were growing up and again, every statistical model, Every single study that is out there will tell you that truth, that you have a better shot at success in life with mom and dad in the house together. You have less of a chance, but more of a chance if mom and dad are in the picture but separated, right? And you have the least chance of success, statistically speaking, when there ain't no dad in the picture, or there ain't no mom in the picture because mom is addicted to crack and in jail, right? Right. By the way, moms people have, don't want to talk about that. Moms have value too, but but this is not they have a great this value. This is about patriarchal versus matriarchal. This is about this is mm-hmm. ultimately about having a unified family. Absolutely. And with that though, Pat, I think it is time for us to play a little bit of the B or not the B. All righty then. And by the way, hopefully people understand, I'm not saying that I a thousand percent agree with all of this. I hope it makes you critically think about this issue. And then bring it up on the socials. I mean, someone did that to me the other day with uh, the the Senate and the the leadership in the Senate and the leadership in the House when we were talking about that. Um, there were some things there that maybe we hadn't thought of, but... You know, whether we agree or disagree on, on, on a topic at the end of the day, I mean, bring it up. I mean, we, we want to think about these things, too, and address them if we can. So if we're missing something, bring it up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more there. But with that, let's get to the beer, not the bee. Hit me with the headline at least once, maybe twice. All righty, then. How Republicans can attract new voters in the next election. How Republicans can attract new voters in the next election. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And, Andrew, I haven't I haven't looked at Chicago's weather recently. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's cold there. I'm, I'm just going to assume that. It's in the 30s. Uh, it's not that it's cold. It's been pretty cold here. It's been in, like, the, the low to mid-30s the last few days. Um, and then at night, it's, at, like, last night, I think it got to, like, a low of, like, 18 degrees. Burr, I'm cold. Cold, I'm burr. 
it, yeah, well, you know, it also makes uh, trying to take care of all your leaves and crap uh, kind of a pain in the butt working on the cold. It's not, not exactly fun, but you there is a is cure. That. You shut up. Um, do you, but do you know what the good, good, a good cure for that is? Some hot cocoa from our friends at uh, coffeebrandcoffee.com. That, that would be correct. So all you need to do, folks, they've got, they've got some great flavors over there. If you like your coffee, by the way, they've got some good coffee flavors over there, too. They've got a good variety. they got some seasonal things going on right now that you really ought to check out. Uh, and all you need to do is go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your purchase today. By the way, Pat, Coffee they've got their Coffee. peppermint hot cocoa out right now for the holidays. They do? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get me a bag of that. Sounds great. Yeah, I'm going to have to get me a bag of that. Uh, there. Anyway, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout. Like Pat does. Just today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Definitely. With that said, All right. um, Pat, I don't need this headline. This has got to be the Babylon Bee. Are you sure? Yeah, you're leaving out part of the headline. How do you know I'm leaving out part of the headline? I guarantee you it's going to be like seven ways in which. So it's the Babylon Bee. I, I want $100 of Dominic Gizzle's money right now. He How also sure has like at you? least three grand, by the way. How sure are you exactly? A hundred thousand percent. Damn. The the full headline is 10 inspiring ways Republicans can attract new voters in the next election. So this is the Babylon Bee. Though votes from the 2022 midterms elections are still being tallied, the, the writing is on the wall. Republicans blew it. The only way to come back from this in, is by inspiring voters with some common sense changes to their policy and messaging. Check out these inspiring ways to get out the vote. One, get some of those wacky, wild, inflatable, flailing arm tube men. No one can resist their, their siren call. Two, put on a sideways baseball cap to do a sweet rap for the urban youth. Votes What's are the goats. Are representing yo only better than that. Three, have Mitch McConnell do a TikTok dance. <laughs> oh, good God, no! Skyrocket back to to relevance. Four, say you are for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> this will only rally MAGA, the MAGA base. Five, say you are against Trump. This will rally the rhino base. Uh-huh. Six, remind everyone George Floyd was a Republican. Jesus only Christ. by voting red can be fi- finally rest in power. <laughs> only by voting seven. red can he finally rest in power. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, seven, endorse baby killing. Single Gen Z women seem to love that. Eight. By the way, I have a question, though, for you, Pat. <clears throat> yeah. Are those single Gen Z women who did this during this election going to suddenly change their position by becoming married Gen Z women? You would actually be surprised on how much that happens. Do you understand what I mean by it? Like, right. 
So your exposure to the ability to have a baby and want a baby. Oh, oh. it's the I want a culture. Got it. Never right, mind. Yeah. Eight, send over 1,000 fundraising texts to every single person every day forever. A slight increase from the standard 900 should do the trick. Nine, remind everyone that Saddam might use his weapons of mass destruction if you're not elected. Oh, wait. Did we try that already? Ten, promise to solve everyone's problems and then never do it. Works well for Democrats. There you have it. Republicans. Follow our advice, and you'll be America's least hated political party in no time. Here's the thing. I, I actually disagree with the uh, Babylon Bee on that last point. It's not that people hate the Republican Party. Yes, they do. Well, no, no, no. Hold on. I, I think that there's, there's more to it than that is my point. They hate the Democrat Party. They may even hate the Republican Party, but furthermore – they don't trust the Republican Party. I mean, that's a hundred percent clear after this. Like that is the number one takeaway from this. Given right. all of the things that we know about the exit polling and what people are experiencing in their lives and this, that, and the other thing, right? Right. And they still said, Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Ow. So you have the dislike and then you also have the don't trust. Would you say Not it's a great uh, miss or distrust? Yeah. See what I did there, Pat? Yeah, and with that, did. though, I think it is time for us to uh, hit up uh, a little bit of um, this thing called WTF Wednesday. Oh, does that sweet, sweet sound just brighten my mood? It is time for WTF Wednesday. And Pat, we mentioned this up front. I think we got to talk about this because we haven't yet. FTX, WTF. Um. This is um this is kind of feeling a lot like um Enron. Why exactly? The only difference between this and Enron is really the fact that Enron was more of a Ponzi scheme and this feels like less of a Ponzi scheme more of this dude just bilking people for billions of dollars. This isn't Ponzi scheme. He is literally just trying to invest money to become a billionaire and then recirculate the money to his political friends. Oh, uh, is that bad? Yeah, it's really bad. It's quite a bit like Enron. Yeah. yeah. And Enron was bad. Now, one of the biggest investors actually in FTX, by the way, Pat, is this individual... Um, who happens to be one of the um, sharks on Shark Tank. Uh, Kevin from Shark Tank? Uh-huh. Yeah. And what do you think he's calling for? Um, now that FTX has literally gone belly up because it literally has commingled all of its funds and you have no idea what its actual real value is. Does he want his money back? Um. Potentially. But there's a greater, greater good to be served here, Pat. What do you think that is? Uh, is there an investigation of some kind that he's calling for? Oh, no, regulation. There, this, oh, reg I, I will oh, not okay. invest again in cryptocurrency until there's regulation. Oh, that's where you're going with this. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I can see that. Uh huh. 
So you're a moron who invested in a shitty company. And now that you're 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 a billionaire, right? You're you're a very wealthy individual who invested in a shitty company, which by the way, if you follow the crumb trails, there were people who in the <clears throat> wait for this pat, initial seeding of this business that said, hold up, wait a minute. Don't put some pimping in it. Thank you for that 90s reference. Um, they said, no, 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 this doesn't look right. The, 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 there's no guidepost here. There, This company looks like it's taking funds from pot A and putting them into pot B, but pot A and B are now commingled into the same. We have no idea what's going on. And there were warning signs all over the place from the time that this company was founded. Mm. All the way until Sunday, basically, when this shit hit the proverbial fan. Now we also know that the founder, the Democratic donor, now there is some portions of this that we have to talk about, too, because there's a Republican co-founder to this company who used some of the money that he had to back Republican candidates. But we're talking like pennies on the dollar compared to what the uh, the other individual did here. And there's some talk that he is looking to potentially skip the Bahamas and go to a non-extradition place. My question would be how? He literally has no material wealth. Period. Amen. He has zero zilch not a dollars to his name. Mm. How? Are we talking like Ecuador? Are we what the hell's going on here? Um we should be able to hold this person to account, but what would more regulation do? It would take away the decentralized nature of cryptocurrency. The whole point is government shouldn't be involved. <clears throat> also, yeah, I was going to say, I wonder, I wonder what that would do to the volatility of cryptocurrency, too, if I, government got more involved. Yeah, there's a lot of debate on that, and we don't think we need to get into that. But what? So because you're an idiot and got your ass handed to you on an investment, now you're going to reach the government to be the answer. Question for you. Was or was not um, the energy sector heavily regulated prior to Enron? In memory serves, yeah, yeah, it was, yes. Yeah. It was it's got even more regulated, right? Since then. Right. More financial regulation around it. But by and large, you got bilked by a snake oil salesman. That has been going on. Since um, since Eve deceived Adam, <laughs> time and infinitum of human history, this has been going on. There's only one person and one person to blame for this. If you are worried about your money and your investment, you probably need to do some bare minimum of research. And it's on you 
to make sure as a shareholder, not a stakeholder, as a shareholder, that you hold their feet to the fire every single time. Read. If you care that deeply about this, read your financial statements. Read the quarterly earnings reports. Participate as large as you possibly can in the shareholder meetings. Because they have to happen by law, by the way. How? So this is the WTF portion of this for me, Pat. Watching these people, watching the multi-billionaires freak out and, and crawl to government daddy. You invested in something that's supposed to be decentralized and now you want to centralize it? That's, oh, wait a minute. It's an investment. It, it could lose money. But wasn't wasn't the fact that it was decentralized part of the reason why they invested in it? Like I said, yeah. Major League Baseball keeps making smart decisions. Come again? Oh, wait, they make dumb decisions. Yeah. Oh, okay. With that having been said, Pat, uh, what other headlines we got here? Because I, I don't know enough of the ins and outs of the entire FTX story. By the way, this is going to make a fascinating documentary in the next couple of years. I'm sure there are people lining up to tell the story already. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more as more information comes out on it, too. Oh, so. 100% we will, because I, I love being able to look into the future, try new things, invest in certain things. And, and I've mentioned this on, on the program. Um, there's a great way to invest in um, Airbnb style places where you don't have to have tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars hooked up in it. It's called here, here.co. It's kind of like investing. You know, you can invest a couple hundred dollars if you wanted to and, and start building a portfolio that way um, before you take your money and invest el elsewhere. But anyway, you know, there are, there are new and in inventive ways people are thinking about investments and, um, and the world. And some of them are going to fail, but it's on you to figure that out. It's on you to say, <laughs> when when Binance, one of the other big cryptocurrency exchanges says, yeah, no, thank you. That should have been your first clue to get the hell out then, there, now. Instead, you kept your money in one day too long. All right, Pat, the next headline, though, please. Make your money, honey. One Tree Hill actress slams Candace Cameron Beer over marriage comments. You mean Beret? Oh, is, it, is that how you say it? It's yeah, beret? It's beret. Okay. Beret. Okay. Um, are you familiar with uh, uh, actress Hillary Burton Morgan? I know of Hillary Burton. I didn't know it was Hillary Burton Morgan. I don't know much. I, I never watched a single episode of One Tree Hill. I never will. You uh, couldn't. My, my... Yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say you couldn't. If you wanted to torture me. Uh-huh. You would sit me in front of that that show. Yeah. And I still wouldn't watch it. I'd rather put a bullet in my brain. Uh, so my wife started watching it recently for the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was it was on the other day when I would, you know, and, and I'm like, well, what is this? She's like, it's one tree hill. I'm like, oh, no. It was oh, no. on. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know. So I, I, I don't know. Four episodes later, me, had what, 
He's there with his blanket and his uh, nope. his Kleenex nope. and nope. crying nope. away with uh, Mrs. Pat. I left. I, I went you down. You left your wife, Pat? Yeah, by herself, watching a really dumb show. I do the same thing whenever she turns on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, yeah. Um, so let me guess here, because Candace Cameron Bure went from Hallmark Channel to Great American Family and decided uh-huh. to let people know that, yeah, we're going to represent traditional family values, that uh, she's yep. a bigot, a homophobe, a transphobe, um, also a terrible human being. Well, I quote, my heart wants to tell stories. So this is from Candace Cameron um, Bure. Okay. Mm-hmm. My heart wants to tell stories that have more meaning and purpose and death behind them. I knew that the people behind the great American family were Christians that loved the Lord and wanted to promote faith programming and good family entertainment. I think the great American family will keep traditional marriage at the core. To which Hillary Burton Morgan uh, responded, Bigot, I don't remember Jesus liking hypocrites like candy, but sure, make your money, honey. You mm-hmm. ride your prejudice, wave all the what? way to the bank. What the hell is she talking about? How is she hypocritical? She's literally living out her her value system. Exactly. That's exactly what she's doing. That's one of the reasons why she joined oh, it's the it's because network. you don't like the fact that um, she focuses on the traditional family right. and messages to the traditional family. Notice how, by the way, she never said we're not going to have people who are gay or whatever on on our programming. That's not what she said. (coughs) She said that the focus would be on telling traditional values stories. How is this a shocker in any way, shape, or form, by the way? Candace Cameron Bure has been this direction for uh, 30-plus years. I was going to say, as far as I can remember. By the way, you know her husband is a badass hockey player? Yes, I did. Valerie, by the way, whose brother Paolo is one of the best players of the 90s, by the way. By the way, um, can you can you name a more principled actress in Hollywood right now than Candace Cameron Bure? No, this is this is a weird flex for Hillary Burton. This is a weird flex, man. Considering she's married to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. You know, and she she has she's you know she's she's straight she's married and all this stuff. I'm like, this is kind of a weird comment for you to make. It's just weird. What? So wait, it, but the other part of this that is not WTF and not shocking to me is the fact that here we are watching somebody who is living out their values. We're we're told right, right. by the by the the libs of TikTok crowd, right? That I must accept and and let you live out your value system and and I I can't just accept that it exists. I have to embrace it, right? I have yeah. to I have to feel and become an ally to your value system. It doesn't work in reverse. Do you notice that? It doesn't work in reverse no. when I say, well, my value system is traditional family, and I like that type of programming. It is my preference to see this. It is my preference. By the way, the American people are speaking loud and clear when it comes to their preference, when it comes to the great Christmas movie wars, if you will. The opening weekend of the the Great American Christmas on Great American Family 
which is, I believe, 1601 or 1603. I can't remember exactly which one it is on your dials if you have Comcast in Chicago. Um, they they won the Great Christmas War opening weekend, if you will. They got more viewers than Hallmark Channel did for its opening salvo in uh, in their Christmas movie scene. Over a million people on a cable network that's buried in your cable, you know, channel package, if you will, versus Hallmark Channel, right? The, the the Crown Media brand. Over a million people said, uh, yes, please. Beating Hallmark Channel. In the 18, or excuse me, yes, in the 18 to 39 female age range and in the 24 to 59 or 49 um, age range. In fact, winning both of those demographics, who are what, Pat? The two biggest target demographics of that programming. Uh-huh. The American people are speaking with their viewership. So, sure. How dare, how dare we have a traditional value? It, guess what? Hallmark can program all they want around their... The mahogany brand, as they put it now, right? They have a whole, they have a whole subsection of their movie collection around creating black uh, entertainment called mahogany. Get it? Because because yeah, I, I, they got it. Yeah, they got it. Yeah. And, and they also are premiering their first ever all gay uh, Christmas movie this year. <sighs> that let let them. I don't have to watch it, right? Right. But I also have an alternative, and that's the point. We've There's an alternative that's been created that says, you know what? Nah. Hey, guess what? I don't have to shove an agenda down the throat. And she goes on to talk about that, right, Pat? She talks about it in this interview how even with her traditional values and traditional focus and her belief in Christian messaging, right, She's not one to want to shove that down. It's going to be subtle. It's going to be whatever. Her focus is on telling better stories. And my wife is is a Hallmark and GAC, uh, or, well, Great American Christmas, Great American Family junkie. She loves it. Okay? That's fine. So I, I, I smartly, Pat, found a way to stomach her obsession with this because we play bad movie bingo. In this in this household, bad Christmas what? movie bingo. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. There, there, there's somebody inventively came up with this game. It is literally bingo for like all the cliches and all of the bogus bunk crap that goes on, right? In this movie genre, and you play bingo with it. So it at least incentivizes me to want to uh, pay attention, right? And and at least I'm showing interest in something my wife is showing interest in, right? I don't think you could pay me. But also I get to compete at it's competitive. Why do you get to compete? Because oh, it's my Christmas movie bingo. Either I win or not. Right? And, and and you know me. I'm a competitive junkie. I will compete and compete and compete and compete and compete. I don't think you could pay me. But <laughs> then dude. Once in a while, do something your wife loves. I do. I do. Fairly often. Just not that. Um, so, 
but the point of the matter is is that honestly pat when i look at what has come out from these new movies versus what's on hallmark they're better and they're actually better produced they're less formulaic and the writing and the storytelling is actually palatable now are there clichés are there you know things like that of course there are but that's the genre right that would be like suggesting the american pie movies uh have to you know go a different direction you know exactly what's coming right literally and figuratively in those in that movie genre right in right. the in the comedic uh you know it's like a rom-com you know what's coming it's formulaic right some of right. them are better told stories than others Candace Cameron Bure basically has taken the reins of producing and and filling out the inventory in this uh, Great American Christmas on on GAF, on Great American Family. It's better told stories. She's not just winning on traditional values. She's producing better content. It's a weird, weird flex. Like, hey, how dare you? Okay, then go go to your hole in Hallmark and 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 live out your allyship. Then leave me the hell alone, like I'm supposed to leave you alone, right? Did Candace right. Cameron Bray come out and say I hate gay people and therefore no. I refute? No, no. She's just upholding her own values. That's it. That, 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 that's all she's doing. Only your values matter to the Hillary Burtons, the JoJo Siwas, the, the GLAD community, right? Only your values must be told through television and through entertainment. Nobody else's. Any other value system that suggests that they don't tell your story is somehow bigoted? What? The F. Any other ones there, Pat? We got just a couple more minutes here. Okay. So, um, 89-year-old Diane Feinstein. Turn down position. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. Is she still Uh in the Senate? Yeah. How? What? California, come on. Come on. I think I think she's up for re-election in 2024. I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that. I think. But um she's 89 years old. By the way, Pat, I want to I want people to understand this for uh-huh. for perspective, okay? My dad is 60 64 years old. My mom and dad are both 64 years old as of this last month, okay? Okay. Uh-huh. She graduated in st- from Stanford University two years before my parents were born. Two years before my parents were born. Well, 1956. Well, uh, see, she's, she's 89 years old. She turned down the position third in line to the presidency, but, but she forgot all about it in an interview. Is that what is that bad? How the hell did she turn that down? By the way, I, I don't know. Uh, um, uh, I don't know that this really gets into how she turned it down. 
Um, I, I, yeah, I, not, I'm really confused by her confusion here. It, yeah, it's um, so I guess rumors have been swirling uh, since earlier this year about Feinstein's mental fitness to serve in office. A congressional Democrat told the San Francisco Chronicle in April that, that Feinstein repeatedly engaged in similar lines of small talk and the lawmakers had to reintroduce it himself several times. Multiple senators and staffers and members of Congress said that Feinstein's memory was rapidly deteriorating and she needed her staff to do much of her of the work. Oh, of course. It's just like it's par for the course for <clears throat> for our uh, leadership here in America. Right. She turned down. Who the hell thought this was a good idea to begin with, folks, that she was going to become the president pro tempora? Uh, I don't know who thought that was a good who? idea, but that was always a bad idea. At any point in her entire life, would have somebody thought that she is about as likely to be. It, let's put it this way. It would be like putting um, Mike Lee in that position. Right. No, Mike Lee should never be in that position. No. Okay. Nor, nor would he want it, I don't think. She got elected to the United States Senate in 1992. I was 11. Dude, I was four. Or going on four. She's been in the Senate four. 92 to 2002. 2002 to, well, 30, 30, 30 years. effing years, Pat. 30. <laughs> Is that bad, by the way? Oh, but yeah. just in case you're wondering if the geriatrics of the leadership of our country were going to stop, guess who actually is the Senate pro tempora? Um, Oh, I think it actually tells you. Um, it is Senator Patrick Leahy, at 82 years effing old from Vermont. Yeah. By the way, that <clears throat> the baby of the group is Kamala Harris at 58. <laughs> what in the absolute is going on? Joe Biden turns 80 this next week. Nancy Pelosi turns is 82, about to turn 83. Um, if, if the Republicans had taken control, who do you think they would have put as the, 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 the president, uh, the Senate president tempore or tempora? Uh, well, see, Mitch McConnell would have been majority leader. Um, just take a wild guess. I don't know. Is it? No, no, he's, he's, he's been out for a while. Um. I'm going to guess who's really old in the Oh, 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 Ch uh, Chuck Grassley. You are correct. Chuck <laughs> Grassley at 89 years old. Are you stupid with this? I am not an ageist. I am not an ageist in any way, shape, or form. But come on. Are we to suggest that our country is going to be run by absolute geriatrics? If that's the case, you is it any wonder why I talk about us being a fascist country? That I talk about us heading down this road of socialism. That that I'm, and I mean it. And I'm not talking in in hyperbolic 
terms. This is how this happens when you have absolute mental morons and people who are less likely to be able to catch on to what's going on. Well, and then you also wonder why Republicans are grassly at 89 years old. You wonder why young people are not excited about these kinds of elections and, and, and voting for those kinds of candidates. You wonder why. And by the way, did you know that um, there's talk right now that John Fetterman won't serve a single day in the Senate? That it's just going to be handed over to his wife? Probably the plan all along, by the way. Shame on her. Run yourself. Not even, not even that. Shame on Pennsylvanians for putting him in office. And with that, Pat, um, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And on this 16th day of November of Andrew's birth month, Andrew gets a MAGA hat. For me to do what with? Wear it. Sideways while I rap? Right. Oh, okay. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547.